listening to episode 307 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we begin our journey with season two of the German Netflix series, Dark. And we've been talking about this on the horizon for quite a while. It's good to be back. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, the thing we need to remind people about is the fact that with a Netflix show that's dropping right now, uh, we fully understand that some of you have already binged all eight episodes and it is what it is. Uh, you know, we're going to do what we always do, which is cover one episode a week. And I, I guess my reasoning, and I think you agree with me, is that down the road, people can come to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch and watch episode one of Dark and then listen to the podcast for episode one. And to do it otherwise, obviously it would keep some people happy, but I think, you know, I think this is the best way for us to do it. You know, also we can really go in depth on each episode. Whereas if we were going to talk about the whole season at, at once, you know, that would, that would be pretty labor intensive, you know, like, for us to go into this much depth. I mean, we have to record for, you know, eight hours basically, um, which is, you know, kind of crazy. And also this kind of allows us to look at it, you know, without really knowing what's happening in the future or, you know, I mean, or in my case, if I went and, you know, watched the first six episodes, yeah, I know some things that are happening, but, uh, you know, it, it gives people the option. In the future, if right. you want to listen to the all eight episodes uh, as you're driving to work over a couple of days, then great. If you want to just kind of watch one every couple of days, great. You know, it just provides that option. And of course, the other option, and I'm making air quotes because it's not really an option, is that you and I could record eight separate podcasts, one for each episode, and then release them one after another unfortunately life gets in the way of doing anything like yeah. that. And, uh, you know, then what do we do the rest of the time? Because yeah. we are in that rhythm of releasing an episode every Friday. And, and I think people like the regularity. I know I certainly do as a podcast listener. So it is what it is. The, the other thing I would mention when we did season one of dark, we had what we called the spoiler zone. But the difference now is that, for instance, I've only seen episode one. It just dropped a couple days ago. When we did season one, we both had already seen the entire season, as mm -hmm. had many, maybe even most of the listeners. So it's a, it's a little different dynamic this time around. Right. So for, you. for now, we're not going to have a spoiler zone because, you know, as Wayne just said, he's seen the first six. I've only seen one. I'm not sure when, if the two of us will get caught up and be at the same point where I can't be part of the spoiler zone, right. which obviously is not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. Okay. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into Dark Season 2, Episode 1, titled Beginnings and Endings. Written by Yante Frisia and Daphne Ferraro, directed as always by Baron Bo Odar, who directs all eight episodes of season two. And as most of you know, this dropped on Netflix June 21st, 2019. So, 
you know, we, we got a lot to talk about, obviously. But mm-hmm. one of the first things is that we have five timelines, each of which may have multiples. And, and we'll kind of get to that in a second. So we've got 1921. 1954, 1987, 2020, and 2053. So I don't know about you. I'm wondering, are we going to go farther back in time or even more forward in time at some point? Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's... I guess you know the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, 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 which, which timelines did you mention? It? So we got 53... Well, it's now fifty four, right? Right, oh, right. Everything, everything's a year later, right? Right. So, so we got 21, 24, twenty one, fifty four, yeah, yeah, eighty seven, yeah. twenty, and twenty fifty three. Yes. Okay. So, cool. uh, and, and given that we know there is a season three, which obviously we'll have to wait about a year to get, uh, you know, we don't know what kinds of things might happen there but we do have that and i mentioned multiples and uh you know we'll talk about that in the course of the discussion but one of the things that occurs to me Mm -hmm. is this apocalypse worldwide or limited to winden yes we know there's a wall built around the winden power plant right and if it's limited to Winden, then why is there no outside help or intervention? I mean, is it a fear of radiation? Um, you know, right? And well, the the term apocalypse certainly suggests something that is worldwide, but there's also that scene, and we saw the um, you know the the flying machines. Uh, in at the end of season two, and you know we see Jonas ducking out of sight of one of them. We assume is one of them here. Uh, obviously, that is indicative of some larger military force in play here, right? Because right, I mean, it's I not mean, it like they're like manufacturing, that. you know, weapons of destruction in Winden for for the Winden army, you know. Right. I mean, it could be like that movie we watched in, in Fred's top 10 list where they had uh, Scotland. Now I can't remember. It was, yeah, I guess it was Scotland was walled off because of the, uh, you know, the, the apocalypse there. But we're dealing, or so it seems, with a Chernobyl-like incident, which clearly well, is not. Well, I, I know, but I'm based on season one. I, I mean, right. based on episode one. Right. So, you know, so we shall see. Yeah, well, um, Claudia says she doesn't know what caused it. So that's why I think, right. assuming it's, I think we can pretty much rule out the nuclear power plant, actually, because if, if that were it, Claudia, especially Claudia, would have would have known that, right? Yeah. So but, if but she see- doesn't know what caused it, I'd say it's maybe something else. Okay, now and I'm I not wonder, saying this because I don't know what it, what it, what it was. I haven't gotten there yet. I'm just you know speculating. Yeah. Okay, now now you say what? I also think we need to consider who, and and, and again that'll become clear in, in the discussion. But we hear that 2020 begins the last cycle. We're introduced to the character of Adam, and he's got this plan. He seems to be in charge. 
and his plan appears to be executed by Noah. And again, I'm wondering whether this is some sort of world cleansing event similar to the Old Testament flood. And the other thing then that comes up, who or what starts things in 1921? You know, we got we got the cave incident that we'll talk yeah. about in a second. Or did it start prior to that, which is kind of what I was getting right. at earlier. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like all that stuff is in play. Like it's totally in play that uh, we could find ourselves back in what eighteen ninety eight. Yeah, I didn't know math was going to be required here. Wait, no, no, eighteen eighty eight, right? Right. Yeah, eighty eight. Right, 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 right. So, um, so I mean, yeah, I mean that's like nineteen twenty was not a thing last year, right? But that starts right. off there, right. Right. So now we're introduced to the God particle and I posted on the Facebook group. It's, it's actually a file now because I, I forgot. Well, I didn't forget. I just didn't know. And Fred let me know that it, he was geo blocked from, you know, the link I provided for that article. So I just, you know, copied the article and, and put it in the, in the group, but it's basically God particle, uh, for dummies, um, and, you know, certainly that's something you might want to take a look at. It's not a very long article, but who created it? Did it or its release cause this apocalypse? So now the other thing, though, that I found interesting is that accusation that someone is hiding God. And I wonder, OK, is that related to this God particle we keep hearing about? And, and you know, of course, that scene where, where Jonas comes upon something that i assume is the god particle i i don't know if it is or not if it's not it certainly is cool in and yeah. of its uh right well you know i i felt like they were borrowing a little too heavily from agents of shield there with that uh-huh yeah <laughs> from the visual you mean yeah yeah right so uh, anyway you know check out that article because it it re- relates to something known as Higgs boson and again I'm, <laughs> I certainly wasn't a physics major and I, I needed something that kind of dumbed it down um, and then the, the last thing in, in this introductory discussion part uh, I found it fascinating that we we get a look at three different photo boards I mean we've got the wind and police who are trying to find these missing kids we've got the 1921 photo wall that that adam and noah have and then of course the the one that we've seen a number of times at a number of different points in time that's in the doppler bunker right so uh you know found that fascinating but equally fascinating and right at the beginning you know you mentioned that that this is the first time we see the 1921 timeline and we see these two guys digging in the cave with hand tools. And I'm thinking like, are you kidding me? Oh my God. How long is it going to oh, take two guys? That is extremely labor intensive. Right. So this is June 21st, 1921. And that in and of itself leads me to wonder whether this cave digging, I mean, I, I guess on the one hand, I assumed that for, to a large extent, the cave was natural. I mean, I know that when, you know, we see Ulrich 
crawling down. It's clearly man-made, hand-tooled. But, uh, geez, at this rate, i, I got to believe they must have started it earlier than 1921. Yeah. Yeah. The and, like, metal- the, you know, like Noah accuses that other guy of, like, losing faith. He's just like, nah, dog, I'm just tired. I'm, I got freaking hand tools trying to dig a freaking cave into this rock. Right. Now, the one guy that's with younger Noah that has that recognizable tattoo, I don't know about you, but he's sure looks like bartosh and i you know i I keep looking at him i did a screen cap and while i don't think it's the same actor as bartosh well it's definitely yeah definitely not the same actor right but gosh darn does he look like him so i wonder if there's going to be some kind of a connection i mean we know the other guy is is younger noah and yeah you mentioned that he accuses him of losing faith we also hear about this prophecy that's right. mentioned, and, right. and in six days something is going to happen. And, uh, and of course, for me, I can't help but think about okay, God created the world in six days. Again, is this six days important, or is it just where we are in the timeline? Well, I mean, it's definitely where we are in the timeline. But you know, the people writing the show could have put us anywhere. You know, so I think it is yeah telling that they chose to have this narrative start six days before the apocalypse. Right, because is this some sort of uh, religious fanatic that wants to wipe the world clean and start over because of... It kind of seems that way, yeah. Right, perceived evils that that he sees going on. Um, I just want to say real quick, Dave, just because I had wrongly predicted last season that Bartosh was actually Noah, and right away that theory gets shot right in the foot because clearly we see young Noah, and it's not Bartosh. Right, right. He then, of course, bludgeons him with a pickaxe, and you know Fred mentions in his feedback again, unless I I misunderstood Fred's point that the way the guy died wasn't realistic. I don't know. I mean, I'm just trying to imagine. I mean, the first shot is the pickaxe right to the spine. So I'm thinking that's pretty much cutting off all everything, (laughs) you know, like I, 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 now I've never seen anyone killed by pickaxe before. So, uh, but um, yeah, I I don't know. I didn't, I I found it, you know, I just thought he, you know, just, pickaxe him right in the spine boom he's just done everything dead right away right but it does speak maybe more importantly to noah's character because i mean the noah we've seen yes he's abducting children and forcing them to be part of his experiments which are still not exactly clear you know yet anyway but you know this is somebody that is borderline psychopathic i mean certainly sociopathic to to be able to take a perceived lack of commitment and and turn it into uh really you know the desire to murder this guy right but you know like like, the the guy knew like he knew that was going to happen right like he's he's like i've waited for this for a long time i mean yeah i mean noah is freaking nuts 
but you know, this definitely smacks of you know kind of predeterminism. Right. And that is something that's brought up a number of times throughout this episode, generally through voiceovers, that what's going to happen is going to happen. And, you know, there's no changing it. In fact, it needs to happen. And then we get that scene with adult Noah, the Noah that we know, sitting in a chapel that, again, we've seen this chapel before, but it's still being constructed. And he's sitting next to and talking to his younger self. And he says, I am you, I am your inner voice. But it also seems to me that the younger Noah is aware that he's conversing with his older self. Yes. I mean, he says, why did he take us in? You know, right. That idea that, that Adam took them in. So whether he adopted him as a baby, I mean, we don't know. Maybe it just means why did Adam take us, you know, onto his team. Right. But uh, again, of course, we're, we're taken back to the scene where older Jonas and younger Jonas meet and talk to each other. Right. So in terms of time travel rules, dark has already established that, yeah. you know, that this is possible. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of that going on here of, you know, the time travel self talk to the younger self, which, yeah, as you says, for most other time travel, this is like kind of like breaking the cardinal rule of time travel. Another thing here, so you know how I can't remember what. Oh, I think it was like actually Kevin Smith who said, you know, in Empire Strikes Back, well, in like Star Wars, you know, Darth Vader is the big baddie. We think he's the guy who calls all the shots. Then Empire Strikes Back, we find out he's just, you know, like the henchman for the emperor Palpatine. Right. So it's kind of like that with, we always thought Noah was like running the show, but Noah is just, you know, kind of like a little lapdog for Adam. And so who's this Adam guy? Plus Adam looks a heck of a lot like emperor Palpatine. I'd say put a robe over that face and you got the emperor, man. Okay. Well, I was looking at him trying to figure out who he looks like, from one of the four families because i wonder because of the scars that he has i assume over most of his body is he a survivor of the holocaust that takes place in 2020 and he's traveled back and is this something that he's trying to change things so that it doesn't happen i I, I i'm pretty sure he's someone we know Okay. Like we, I mean, I mean, I obviously I know who he is, but even okay. before I found out, like you, you have to know, we we know Adam. Adam is is someone, one of these characters that we've been we've been introduced to already. Okay. It's, right. it's just and, a matter of which uh, one, right? Right, and, and I'm assuming, and again, don't verify it at this I point. I, I'm assuming that his scars are related to you know, the meltdown or whatever it is that actually happened at the wind and power plant when it was taken offline. Well, let's go ahead and jump into the future, 2053, and we see Jonas, the the Jonas that we know that's approximately 18 or 19 years old. And my first question is, what the heck is he up to? Because we see him at, at various points, but Getting back to what I said at the at the top. Well, the, of the first thing we see him doing is boning his aunt. Yes, um, 
and coming which off he was all like you know like Lassie's all like oh we can't do this uh, you know and then now he's dreaming of this come on Jonas yeah but come on look at her yeah that's uh, true um, <laughs> but at, at the top of the discussion you know we're talking about the apocalypse and, and you know what causes it and we get several images of the two reactors that clearly appear to be damaged now I guess you could argue that it's a result of neglect or is it the result of the meltdown? If that's in fact what happened an explosion, if that's in fact what happened. But for me, I mean, this seems to be the source. And then the fact that they've got a wall built around it. Right. Tells me that something happened here. Well, walls in Germany in general have pretty significant meanings, right? Right. Now, you mentioned the dream where he's having sex with uh, Martha. Mm-hmm. We we quickly recognize that this is his family. I had that home. same dream. <laughs> um, he's in his family home, and we have to take note of the 2020 calendar on the wall. Now, as I said, it's this post-apocalyptic atmosphere. But if you notice on this calendar, when we see it in this scene. June 21st is not crossed out. And that becomes important later when we see his mother in 2020 cross it out. Wow, I did not catch that. I mean, I I saw her cross it out. I'm like, I just thought that was like symbolic because she's so depressed and she's just basically trying to get through day by day, you know, and everything. Well, and I and I think that's a legitimate assessment of, of her doing that. But then it goes back to what I said at, at the beginning when I went through, you know, 1921, 54, and that each of them may have multiple. So in other words, what I'm getting at is, did something happen to change the timeline? Right. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, got, I got where you're going with that. That's okay. I wish I noticed that. That's that's awesome, Dave. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Because, well, obviously, yeah, something did, right? On the uh, the one hand, she crosses off that day, and the other hand, she doesn't. Right. So we see him with this big backpack-looking thing that Mm -hmm. he's got strapped on. He's carrying that orb light that we saw last season. And he goes into the bunker. Photos are on the wall. He's got a box of cassette tapes. And... Of course, I'm wondering where he got the cassette tapes because he pulls one out. It's a recording of Claudia Not from Tiedemann. 2020, I'll tell you that. Okay. <laughs> uh, Claudia Tiedemann claims to be one of the few survivors of the June 27th, 2020 apocalypse. And she mentions that three months have passed. So, of course, this must be recorded around September. We also know we've seen older Claudia, who's, you know, I don't know, 75, 80 or so in in season one. And we know she's, of course, a time traveler. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, as you said, the cause is still unknown, at least on this recording that, that takes place three months after. But she mentions a God particle that might provide a way back to the past, presumably to fix things. And, you know, it, it. caused me to think you know we've got adam and noah who are up to something we know the stranger who is 51 year old give or take 
Jonas, who's up to something. Mm-hmm. And then we've got 75 to 80 year old Claudia Tideman, who is up to something. Right. So I, I don't know what that is. And, and we don't know at this point how the God particle factors in, but certainly a, a fascinating concept of for sure. So we see 2053, you know, the teenage Jonas, he comes to that wall that, that I mentioned and we see the restricted radiation signs on it. Okay, fine. They're trying to prevent people from going in. And then we see him walking through a cemetery filled with those small wooden crosses, which I guess establishes the fact that most of the people in Wyndon must have died. He puts a family photo next to his dad's cross. We see uh, actually his dad's grave. Right. Right. So we so we know this is an actual graveyard that they've now. Right. You know, because added. Mickle died before the apocalypse right and we see that martha died in the event yes but we see him walking through the woods and these dead bodies hanging from trees, gunfire in the distance and we come upon a group conducting an execution by hanging and accusations that someone is hiding god you know they mentioned passage into the dead zone which I think we assume well, is an here's area the, of the thing highest. though too, those dudes were French. He was speaking French. Okay. So I didn't notice that. Yeah. Well, because well, so uh, you watch it like uh, subtitle, right? Well, I'm watching it English audio and English subtitles. Oh, okay. That's how I'm watching it. So, like, I, I'm pretty sure it's French uh, because that part he's not you know they didn't dub it into english so i'm like oh oh he's and i'm like hey i think he's speaking french so like wait what are french guys doing getting executed in winden oh okay i i didn't notice that yeah i mean i'm i'm looking at it as the dead zone must be an area of highest concentration of radioactivity which obviously would result in death and that that comment that we are the future, and I believe it's Future Girl that that says that the you know the young woman that we see at the end of uh-huh. season one, and it appears she's in charge. But I mean, is this all about the recognition that we can't have people going into the dead zone and dying, or going in there and having their DNA and their genes messed up as we try to rebuild? things because otherwise you know you want to go in the dead zone and kill yourself fine that's one less mouth to feed so right but it seems like what they're really is is that they're trying to keep people from finding the god particle okay yeah exactly and um you know one of them even implies that something is going to open leading to some sort of promised land so uh, again are they talking about the caves going to a different time that's you know not devastated the way their time is well that's we, we hear like so there is this this group now they call themselves the sick mundus creatus est right that's like the official name of adam slash noah's group right and okay. it, the these future people are totally on board with that I mean, we. I am assuming that that's old Elizabeth, who's the leader of this thing, um, and 
you know, she, and she talks like the same way they talk about some kind of paradise being created and everything. It's, um, you know, it's the same kind of spiel that Adam is pulling way back in 1920. So, or 1921, right. I should say. Right. Now you mentioned Elizabeth. Uh, she's, I'm guessing 42 years old because I think we learned how old she was in season one. So she's around 42. She's got minimal scarring. It looks like on her face. So obviously she survived whatever it is that happened. And along with future girl appears to be nominally in charge of this group. And I guess I'm wondering, and this is something that, that came up in season one. Shouldn't she recognize Jonas? And maybe she does. You know, I, I actually, I think she does recognize Jonas as having time traveled. So, yeah, I, I take that back. But he goes in the bunker. I wonder if anybody in his group knows about the bunker, which we know is, is of course, uh, geographically connected to to the tunnels and, and right. the cave system. But it, it doesn't seem like other people know about it. I mean, he's got like kind of this kind of lame brush cover over it but you know he's just not really trying to hide it that much so i assume that like no one even you know knows about it at all okay and and that's kind of what i'm thinking And, and despite all the warnings that the leaders give jonas wants to know what's on the other side of the wall he goes through that convenient opening yeah he's got his light and his geiger counter which seems to register radiation right from the start and i don't know about you but i'm turning around yeah uh, he, he's actually going towards the radiation so you know like as the geiger counter starts to click more he that's the direction he moves that's not the geiger counter is supposed to tell you to move away from stuff not towards it uh, but we uh, obviously we know he's looking for yeah the guide particle and he's looking for the source of all that power and energy Right, but as it really starts increasing, he does put on a thirty-three-year-old yellow suit. <laughs> right, safety which first, I'm sure, which I'm sure doesn't have any uh, degradation in it no. and is perfectly safe. Yeah, but uh, again, you may know the answer to this already, and you can just say you do or you don't. But I'm assuming that must be the god particle floating in the air, or maybe I misunderstand Higgs boson. I I I I think I know that. Okay, all right. So we'll let that we'll let that because <laughs> that is I'm a little sketchy on the whole what is the God particle thing and everything. So, all right, uh, and then we've got present day 2020, six days before the apocalypse, and, and you know we're on June 21st, 2020. Uh, we're reminded that there are four missing teens: Eric, Mickle, Mads, and Yasin. Ulrich and older Helge are still missing. And this special task force has been commissioned to take the investigation in a new direction. And again, I understand this is only one episode. I'm still trying to figure out how this is going to figure in. We've got this guy, Clausen, who is now in charge. Dude, I don't know about you, but what a douche. I don't know. He's in a bit of a pickle. But don't well, okay. I mean, oh, Cla- nice. Lawson, <laughs> nice. All right. Um, but he, you know, I don't, he seems like, like he's, I, yeah, I, I don't know if he's a douche or just, 
you know, like kind of weird, you know? I don't well, know. you know, there's a there's a couple things that occurred to me. Number one, it, it appears that he doesn't trust Charlotte Doppler, who's still on the case. And, and of course, we've got that little town meeting where people are understandably frustrated. But yeah, because he's like a, quoting effing Freud. Well, right. But, <laughs> like, yeah. what? Why are you talking Freud? We want to know what you're going to do to find the kids, man. Well, but we have to feel for Charlotte. Because we know she has no hope of locating the missing people because they're in yeah. another time. Well, and, and some of them are dead. And some of them are dead. So until she understands that's where they've gone, you know, so then to hear this guy Clausen come on and, and you know, really, I, I think, second guess the whole investigation to this point. Sure. But late later we see him with an old letter and and at first i'm wondering oh is this that letter but it does have his name on the envelope so we don't know what it is he mentions he has no driver's license can he catch a ride with her now one of the things i happen to stumble across on the internet and and you know you and i've mentioned that we try not to go out and and research stuff because you know we want the things we talk about to be our own ideas. I mean, sometimes something is so confusing, we look for help. But I just stumbled on this, that apparently in Germany, it's required of police officers to have a driver's license. Oh. So if that's simply something to get him together with Charlotte, why didn't he just say, I don't have a car? Now, I guess they could say, yeah. well, he'll get issued a car by the police force. All of that said, I wonder, is he from a different time? Oh, yeah. Well, you, okay. you totally asked that. I mean, I'm not saying he is. I mean, okay. that that is definitely a question because, well, first of all, like at no point do we see him actually presenting credentials, right? And right. as uh, Eric's dad points out, it's like, Really, special investigation, one guy? Like, what kind of special, you know? So this quote-unquote special investigation seems a little sketchy. Yes. Um, And right from the start. And like you said, like, he doesn't seem like, not only because he doesn't drive, he just doesn't really seem like a cop. And, like, he just is so weird and everything, like, yeah, even from word one, I'm I'm questioning what his. In fact, my my first thought when I saw Clausen is like I'm trying to see how much he could maybe look like Adam. Okay, you know, because he is from out of nowhere and he's asking questions, uh, pretty pretty you know, pointed questions. Um, so my first thought was that maybe this guy's Adam. Right. And in fact, Eric's father stands up at that meeting and he says, special investigation. They sent us one guy. Yeah. So even that is is a tip off. Now, speaking of questioning what's going on, obviously something's going on with the radioactive waste disposal. Did you think they're encasing the yellow drums in cement? Is that yeah. what they're doing? Okay. And I'm assuming they 
see that as a safe method of storage, which I'm guessing it probably really isn't because I, I figure it seems okay. I don't okay. Know. Well, well, there's this secretive thing going on related to the, the drums, but we see adult Jonas who I've said, I think he's like 51 years old. I think if we do the math, that that's how old he should uh, I be. I think we figured it out, yeah. And he goes to see his mom, Hannah Conwald, and we see her. And, and, and again, she's one of those characters that throughout much of season one, it's really difficult to like her. Right. But, but now, at, at this point in her life, you know, the man she loves, Ulrich, has disappeared without a trace. Her son has disappeared without a trace. We know she's done a lot wrong in her life, but when we see her open that box and take out the gun, which uh, belonged to uh, Alexander, Alexander, right? Yeah. Right. That's the one found in the woods at that time. And she's ready to blow her brains out. I, I think we begin to look at her differently. Right. And when he proceeds to explain who he is, understandably she reacts with disbelief and he goes through all of the the telltale signs that theoretically only he would know right and again you try to put yourself in her position if somebody did that to you is that going to be enough to convince you that time travel is real well i watch a lot of sci-fi so it probably wouldn't need as much to convince me but you know for probably most other people uh, maybe it would need more, but you know, he shows up just at the right moment, right? Like she's yes. about to kill herself when he knocks on the door. That's what stops her. So did she kill herself in another timeline? And now this is coming back. And as you said, he comes at just the right time as if he knew that was what was going to happen. Right. Yeah. But so, if we say that the timeline changed, it goes back to who was successful. Is it Adam and Noah, the stranger, Claudia? I mean, we, we don't know at this point, but you know, certainly uh, it, it seems as if it changed. But then he starts talking. And, and to say that dark is a dense show is like saying water is wet. Um <laughs> I exist every second between my birth and death. Right. All right. Well, we know that your 51-year-old self is in 2020 when you should be 18 or 19, and your 18 or 19-year-old self is in 20. So I'm I'm not sure if he's implying that we're going to even see more Jonas's at some point. I, I don't know. Yeah. But, well, it's uh, totally possible, right? Yeah. And he says, you know, I'm the same, but not the same. And I'm thinking like, well, what does that mean? And I love her reactions. Like she cuts to the chase. Well, where is my Jonas? Right. He's in the future. Yeah. Okay. All right. But here's what I really don't understand. As I said, I'm watching with English audio and English subtitles. So this could be a translation thing. Okay. He says he's in the future, but he can't get back. I tried to destroy the passage, but only succeeded in closing it. Then you're the one that's preventing him from coming back. Right. 
So I would then He's preventing that- anyone from using the passage at all. Okay. So he tells her he's in 2020 to end it once and for all. Does end it actually mean prevent it and or end Adam and Noah's plan if in fact he even is aware of what their plan is? But but yeah, he's trying to prevent all of this time travel, I guess, right? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm trying to, because he says something like he's trying to end everything, I think. I tried. I have in my notes where I can't find it. Um, and, and I, I mean, I wonder: is he trying to prevent travel only to one point in time? Is there a particular point in time that is the root of all the problems everywhere else? Um, you know. Again, well, as you're looking for that, uh, I'll go ahead and, and start talking okay. about the Nielsen family. Uh, because we see Martha riding her bike to meet Bartosh, which you know leads to that uncomfortable scene in which he accuses Jonas of coming between them, um, causing the breakup. And she tells him he's changed, and we're thinking like, yeah, really, no kidding. Uh, and we certainly understand it, and and we understand we're we're dealing with two teenagers. Again, they're probably sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Uh, you know, we know she's a little younger than Bartosh is, but he starts using his mother's illness as an excuse for why he's changed. And I'm sure that's part of it, but of course we know it's the, the relationship that he has with Noah. That's, that's the really bulk of, of why he's changed. But as she points out, uh, you conveniently forgot that my father and brother are missing as well. So, you know, Maybe that's not such a good excuse to use when you're trying to convince me to, you know, stay in this relationship. Yeah. Well, he's just such a self-centered little asshole, you know, like her, like to really pull the I'm going through. And, you know, of course, Martha points this out to him to this whole I'm going through a lot of stuff. My life is really tough right now thing uh, when to say that to Martha. That's like not just insensitive. That's just downright, like, horrible. You know, as she points out to him, you know, like my dad's gone, my brother's gone, my mom's crazy. You know, well, my brother's having sex with the weird chick. I find it hard to believe I'm about to defend Bartosh. I'm not really trying to defend him. Maybe explain. I mean. His meetings with Noah, again, we don't know at this point the extent of them. I mean, we see them head into the cave, and we know what's in the cave. So Bartosh has been made privy to a lot. To what extent, we don't know. But I'm going to cut the guy a little bit of slack. I mean, he should remember that Martha's got her own stuff to deal with, but still— so we see her looking for her room and apparently mom has had Mickle's room locked and for whatever reason it's now unlocked. And I guess because Katerina's on this obsession trip to uh, investigate the cave, she just forgot the locket, but she finds the box with the case files and puts two and two together and, and realizes that her mother's obsession 
depression, because I think it's fair to say that Katerina is depressed severely as well. And, and the parallel with Hannah, not only ironic, but, but interesting because uh, of the affair that, that Hannah had with her husband. But I think we're wondering at this point, what is she going to find in the caves? Will she be the next new time traveler? And I don't know if this is something I suspect this is something that you already know and, and just can't say, but <laughs> um, then I want, but that's a, that's definitely a valid like thought though. Right. It, it seems like they're kind of going there because we assume she's going to keep poking around until she finds something. Right. And she knows about a door. And if you come on a door, what's the logical thing to try to do? But that's, but it won't work though. Right. Okay. Because as Jonas said, like he, he, the passages are, are not a way to travel through time anymore. Okay. Because I wonder, and, and that's true. And and I wasn't considering this when I raised this question, not necessarily what causes the apocalypse, but who causes it. And I, and I wonder if she somehow inadvertently causes it. So we'll just table that for now. Um, well, that, that's a thing that and we've kind of seen that, right. Of people, you know, the, you know, I guess the Oedipus, I'm not gonna say Oedipus complex, but you know, like, you know, how, when you try to prevent something that's been prophesized, then you, you know, ironically end up bringing it about. Right. Sure. And so it seems you know, we saw that. Yeah, you know, last year with um you know, with Jonas trying to destroy, you know, whatever the caves, thinking that that would end this whole time travel thing, and clearly it didn't work. Well, and, and only and seemed like thing. exacerbated it. Oh right. And we see that time and time again in time travel, no pun intended, that that when the intent is to go back and fix something yeah, you fix that, but there are unintended consequences along the way. And, and certainly right. that happened in the magicians as well. Um, I'm wondering whether Martha and Magnus, now that they know what their mother's doing, whether they're going to follow their mother there and, you know, something with them. But, uh, you know, we see that Magnus and Francesca are still together. He follows her, though, because I guess he's still a little suspicious. Her phone rings. Uh, she doesn't let him necessarily see, you know, who's on the other end. But uh, yeah, he's just like being like a really creepy boyfriend, you know, like he's like following yeah. her around and shit. And he's being all like suspicious and everything. Like, dude, you know, like this is this is not the basis of a healthy relationship here, Magnus. Right. And I'm not sure, again, this is something else in the story that will hopefully be made clearer in terms of its significance later. He sees her leave something in this metal box that we've seen before, but then he sees the transvestite hooker open her box. And I didn't notice this the first time I watched it, but he takes what she put in there and then he replaces it. His envelope seemed to be relatively thick so is he giving her money for some reason right that that's what i'm thinking but he follows this guy to his trailer which he clearly you know knows where it is he goes in and then suddenly runs out when the dude thinks he's a customer so of course 
how is Francesca connected to the Wollers? Because, you know, after uh, we, we were calling him Patchy last season, <laughs> uh, dude's got a, a new yeah. you know, uh, mono glass whatever uh this season looking a little a little better but i don't know, you know I, we I, see- I, I think you i i think you rock the patch still you know yeah. like you go with yeah, the pirate well, his, look well his was kind of a dirty bandage a lot of the yeah, time, that's but, right uh, that's right but, but it should but anyway. uh, it should go with the patch though like the, the the glasses with the one dark side that's no right so so we see that he leaves patchy that is leaves the transvestite hookers trailer and of course our immediate reaction is that you know he's seeing him as a customer but we learn quickly that they're brothers and okay well i think i think the the i think we don't know i wish we knew the name of that character but you probably want to call a she so i just say they're siblings okay but but Um, yeah but i thought that was actually kind of a nice scene because you're right obviously when we, he first leaves you're like oh well he's into that right but then you know they it's just kind of like you know give mom a call and then this hug i'm like oh that's kind of nice right but but otherwise wallers thing- is a we don't like him he's he's a he's a stooge for alexander he's a spy well, right well right because the transaction involves the blue truck which waller drives away and uh, right isn't wasn't that filled with radio like, yeah nuclear waste right yeah yeah so so something's going on here with uh, again obviously related to the apocalypse somehow that's still six days away another fascinating aspect of this episode is elizabeth and the photographs because she finds that 1953 photo of claudia and Tanhouse, which in and of itself is is not that big a deal. I think we knew that that Tanhouse was her uh, grandfather. But then, did we know Ellie, that though? Uh, you know, I, I want to say we did, but but young Ellie then has a copy of the Cabalion, which is something that we talked about when we were trying to break down the forty second trailer <laughs> that you know may or may right. not have been official. I think we know it probably wasn't but no but there are like some of the scenes like that of jonas um walking through winden and it's all deserted that was in that trailer yeah and, and the so, shots of jonas with the the thing the scarf pulled over his face right so you wonder whether it was just leaked on purpose right and uh, you know we know fringe did that back in the day but inside this copy of the cabalion she finds a group photograph from 1921. Now, one of the dudes looks like he belongs in 1888, uh-huh. to be quite honest. The yeah. guy on the far right. Uh-huh. It, yeah, he's it, got like it, the mutton chops. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But she points out to her dad, the man she had talked about that gave her the watch is in that photo. That's Noah. And that he looks exactly the same in 1921 as he does in 2020. Yeah. So whether dad's putting two and two together yet or not we don't know but well, you see Charlotte peter gives finds- you know in in his defense and you know i i spent a lot of season one hating on peter and i feel bad about that um because you see here he doesn't like dismiss elizabeth like you would think you'd say you think he'd look at the back and say it's from freaking 1921 it's impossible you know you're 
this he's look i'm sure he looks like the guy but he he totally buys into it right well of course we know that he knows that time travels a thing because he was on team claudia last right uh, last right. season so but um so yeah actually but you know i i like that that he right away uh is um buys into uh, to elizabeth's finding right and, and he immediately texts his wife that he's found noah which at first we're thinking like oh you actually found him but but we know what he means yeah and, and then she finds him in the bunker he shows her the photo that's dated january 8th 1921 and of course he wants to know why her grandfather had the photo in the book in the first place and then he adds it to the photo wall so how's tan house involved why i mean obviously we know he has something to do because he created those time travel machines Mm -hmm. if you will so um well he 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 built them right he like reverse engineered it well claudia gives him the plans Yeah, yeah right right so uh Noah's role in all of this. I mean, Bartosh meets Noah, you know, we mentioned a few minutes ago, who walks out of the caves. Again, that was, wasn't something I really noticed the first time I watched it. I'm wondering, is he coming from 1921 to grab Noah? I mean, to uh, grab Bartosh. And then we see them both enter. And, and of course we have to ask, well, what's the deal with Bartosh? Because in 1921, Adam tells Noah that Bartosh was always naive by nature, mm-hmm. which leads us to believe that he's met Bartosh, at least in one of the timelines, Sure, which sort of implies that Adam lived in 2019, 2020, as we said a while ago. The book that, again, that we've seen Noah have before, June 27th, beginning of the last cycle. So that seems to be what, adult Jonas is trying to do as well, just end these cycles. So are they operating at cross purposes? Uh, Are Noah and Jonas actually trying to do the same thing? Uh, You know, we, we we don't know it at at this point, but. uh, Right. Well, it just seems so. Yeah. Cause we, everyone's motivations for doing whatever they're doing seems so like it's just totally unclear, you know. Like what? Ex- like there's apparently, you know, like Claudia seems to be trying to stop Noah. Noah's trying to stop Claudia. But w- what is like the end game? Because we see the future, and whatever happens, the future is pretty crappy. And is this future the result of whatever happened related to the power plant? I mean, that seems to be the obvious, yeah, uh, obvious answer. And, and everyone's you know, talking about this paradise or whatever, but, you know, like the people in 1920 are, you know, like Adam in 1920 is talking about paradise, uh, just like the people in 2054 are talking about this paradise. And, you know, it obviously is is not happening. Like when is this paradise going to come about? Because, you know, the people who were in sick mundus you know, during like the eighties or nineteen or twenty twenty, certainly didn't experience it. So, and, and is it something that will be across all times? You know, wh- wh- I don't know. It just seems really weird. Well, and, and then finally, the last thing I just want to bring up: you talk about 
weird, but given the, you know the fact that they make the point that everything is connected, we see Noah staring at at his version of the wall, and he's got the framed photographs of the four families. So again, when did this wall of the families begin? We're given a lot, uh, not a whole lot of answers in episode one, and and that's fine. You know, I don't have yeah. to have answers just yet. But sure. uh, any, anything else you want to bring up before we listen to Fred? Yeah, I, I found the line that Jonas says to Hannah, and then I I scrolled up and I lost again. Oh, yeah, okay. So he says, so Hannah asks Jonas why he's here, and he says to put an end to everything once and for all. To me, obviously, well, that could mean like all this time travel nonsense, or does he literally mean to put an end to everything? Like he's trying okay. to end the world, not create it. End it and start over, perhaps. I mean, he doesn't say the words, but uh, yeah, that that's... Right. I mean, we just don't know. You mentioned motivations and, and we don't really know what all the motivations are. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Yep, that's it. Okay. All right. Well, let's go ahead and listen to Fred and then we will be back in a second. Hello, Dave and Wayne. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Dark Season 2, Episode 1. First off... Last weekend I really had a blast and the blast was being a part of a roundtable discussion about Star Trek Discovery Season 2. So a review of that season. So we did a roundtable for the Golden Spiral Media Star Trek Discovery podcast with Brian and Rusi and we did a roundtable with five people. The recording took three hours but okay a lot will be cut out. Shortly want to come back to the closure of Season 1 of The Magicians last week. In the last podcast you mentioned you really got the bug for it and Wayne was already at episode 10 of season 2 and Dave was surely going to plan to do it. And I want to wait until Dark is finished and you decide whether you will do a season 2 or not. Uh, I actually did go on. Really? (laughs) Yeah, after watching uh, this one. I mean, it's a pretty effing big cliffhanger, you know? Yeah, it does. it's, It's... it's a pretty disciplined individual who could watch a whole the, all of season one and not at least check out the first maybe two or three of season two just to find out what happens with you know the end of this episode. So, and I want to thank Wayne for this marvelous compliment. And it's not that I liked the magician less than you. And then Fred, you know, mentions that that he's going to hold off watching season two based. I guess on whether or not we ever pick it up, but Fred, I I don't know. Um, you know, maybe we liked it more than you liked it. Uh, you know, as Wayne has said, he's already ten episodes in. I'm I'm going to probably hit season two later tonight. Well, as explained last podcast, I really liked the series, and I also told you that normally I just watch the next episode just two days before your deadline. And in The Magicians, I always, immediately after recording my audio feedback, I immediately watch the next episode and then just before the deadline again. So The Magicians was different for me. But I will wait as a pretty disciplined individual should. 
Okay, going into dark, uh, not into darkness. That's something different. And I think dark will be a series where I will do the same. So after this recording, I will have a look at episode two, but not beyond that. First off, I think the series get a very, very high grade. So in the IMDb, and of course you always can doubt a little bit what the worth is of a IMDb score, but for the series as a whole, where just the second season started, it has a review of more than 100,000 people, which is a lot even for IMDb, with an 8.6 as a grade. And that even for a foreign, or for you foreign, series. And the very first German Netflix series. So it's a big, big success. And without giving spoilers, looking at the grades of the second season, with about 600 to 900 reviews per episode, in this eight-episode season, there are already three episodes with a 9.9 and two episodes with a 9.8. So... Really, really good. And in the sense of referring to other series and podcasts, there is one episode called Travelers and one episode called Dark Matter. So that's funny. Okay, about the opening of episode one. There are a lot of similarities between the first five, six minutes of this premiere of season two and the premiere of season one. They both start quite awful in season one with... The suicide of Michael Kahnwald and in season two with Noah killing this other guy of which I don't know for certain who it is. It it looks like a bit like Alexander Tiedemann but not really and it's in the wrong time period. And then after the opening credits in both episodes we see a sex scene in episode one of season one. First, Jonah goes down the stairs and he discovers that there is no light and then he calls, he shouts to his mother, his mother having sex with Ulrich. And this episode starts with sex between Marta and Jonas. And funny thing, of course, is that it's her father with his mother. And I'm not certain if this is Jonas's dream or a memory. So quite similar start. Furthermore, in the opening credits, we see this painting of Peter Paul Rubens, The Fall of a Dammit, in a kaleidoscopic way, and we see it later in the church, Noah's church. This is actually the painting from the script page you discussed in one of the other podcasts, together with some pictures and some so-called trailer of Dark. And it's exactly the same painting, so it did really come back. And the other thing is, we see a, a dead person with a tag on its foot saying June 23rd, 1954. So that's also, again, one year more than the 1953 we have seen before. But everything shifted one year. So we went back from 2019 to 1986 to 1953. And now we are in 2020 and 1954. So that fits. That's also the reason why we are in 1921 and not in 1920. The tag says unbekannt, which means unknown. I have one nitpick about the opening scene. When young Noah is killing this other guy with this pick, 
he hits him with a pick in the shoulder and the guy immediately drops his head and then falls over. So instead of getting a pick in your shoulder and then screaming of pain, he just drops his head and then falls over. Which is a kind of strange reaction from this. The only thing I could imagine is if this pick goes through his shoulder and so deep that it immediately hits his heart or one of the major arteries. But later on we don't see a lot of blood, just three holes. And for the rest of the episode, a few big questions, of course. Who is this Adam who is directing Noah around? In which time does he live? Uh, We see him in this nice house. And what time is that? Is that 50s, 20s? There were some very different emotional scenes. For instance, the scene between Marta and Bartois telling their own misery to each other, although Bartosz cannot tell it all. Another touching scene was, of course, between Jonas and his mother, Hannah. So he is coming from the future, and she is just at 2020. I really wonder if Katerina is going to find anything in the caves, or she will come out just disappointed. Next question, of course, is, is Marta and her brother Magnus going to follow their mother? What is this all about? The Buller family, so the one-eyed policeman with his travestied brother. And what is the connection between Katerina and this travestied? Big question, of course, is why did a nuclear accident occur when the nuclear plant is shut down? Although it takes six days, so there could be something wrong there. Or is the catastrophe not a nuclear catastrophe, but something else? Of course, we see Jonas at the end with this weird, well, dark, moving, cloudy energy cloud or whatever. So what is the chicken or the egg? Of course, there is some radiation there. So something nuclear is there. But perhaps this black cloud is also radioactive and there was no explosion at all. Who are all on the picture together with Noah? So the picture... Elizabeth found, so the deaf girl. Very special, by the way, that a a deaf person has more or less the lead. Uh, There in 2053, we discovered that H.D. Tannhaus is Charlotte's grandfather. But then, of course, on her mother's side, because her father's side is the Doppler family. Helga Doppler is her father. And then we get to Bernd Doppler, who owned the nuclear plant when it was built. Is he perhaps Adam? What I don't understand is Jonas is talking about the gate he tries to destroy, but he only closed it. But obviously Noah is still traveling through time. Does he not go through the caves? I have the idea he does because he also is standing there waiting for Bartois. But does he have another way of traveling through time? I think when he met Adam, that was not... Well, let's say 2020, it was in the past. And when Noah is meeting Bartois, that's 2020. Well, it's starting to sound like dark with this amount of questions. And there are even more. So I will leave it at that before I get to 10 minutes of feedback. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. And perhaps I will come back to this episode in my next feedback. Bye bye. All right. Um. 
you know, a lot of good stuff. Fred uh, brings up the uh, Rubens painting, The Fall of the Damned, which, you know, again, was something that, that we talked about in the uh, trailer discussion way back when. But uh, let's take a listen to or, or let's take a look at some of the questions that that he raises. You, you know, he mentions the guy that young Noah is working in the cave with. And, and we don't really know. Um, you know, I did look on IMDb and I don't think he's named as a character. The, the actors in there, I forget what, it, uh, you know, what it what it is. You know, he brings up the emotional scenes. And, and yeah, I, I did like the Bartosh and Martha scene. And, you know, Martha had some really emotional scenes in season one. And, and I know we talked at the time and I think Fred even brought it up at the time about what a great actor Martha is and and again i think we see a lot of that between the two of them as well the meeting that older jonas has with his mother again i mean i you know i mentioned about the character of hannah and and trying to look at her a little differently this season but the acting job was just tremendous and we don't see much of katarina but the little bit that we see of her we don't even hear her speak in this episode just the look on her face, the body language is this is a tormented woman. And mm-hmm. I mean, wow. So, uh, yeah. Oh, actually now that you mentioned that was, I, I thought a glaring kind of, uh, notable by not omission is Ulrich. Right. Like we don't see Ulrich. Like what happened to Ulrich the last time we saw him, he's in a pretty bad spot, nothing on him. So, I mean, that, I just remember like the first time I saw him, like, at the end of it, I'm like, wait, nothing really? No Ulrich? Nothing on him? Seriously? Well, you know, now you mentioned Ulrich, and if we go by the trailer that we talked about, uh, it, wherever Ulrich is, whenever Ulrich is, he seems to be in charge of something. Right. So, again, I, I'm sure we'll find out, and you probably already know. But, but you know, Fred brings up a lot of the connections that, w- that we talked about in the discussion, Francesca. And the transvestite, I mean, I think he had money in that envelope. I mean, her envelope seemed to be relatively flat, like maybe just a note. Uh His had some substance to it, as if he was giving her something for something she has done. So there's something going on there. And and again, let's not forget who Francesca is, that, that... you know, she's one of the Dopplers. She's Elizabeth's older sister. You know, Charlotte and Peter are right. So we know what they're all into at this point, all the things that they've learned. So does Francesca know something that we don't know she knows yet? All right. Um, now, Fred brings up again what we were talking about the nuclear plant. Uh, did it explode on shutdown? Again, I just have to go back to the images that we see in the episode, and it clearly looks as if they are damaged. But 33 years have passed, so it certainly could be neglect and ruin and and things like that. Although, I don't know about you, but if I'm building a nuclear power plant, I'm kind of building it to last. Uh, (laughs) So so even if it's not being actively maintained, I'd like to think... 33 years isn't long enough for it to simply decay. Right. But there's um, also like a war going on too, apparently. So, well, well that's yeah. true. And, and we don't know when this wall actually went up. So, yeah. Um, you know. like, again, I don't know what happened, but 
I tend to think it is not nuclear because, um, like I said, Claudia in the in the cassette tape says she doesn't know how it happened or why or you know what the what it actually was, and plus. Even if it, it was a nuclear thing, that would seem to stay local in Winden. Whereas, you know, I, I am kind of assumed by calling this thing an apocalypse and with the presence of the French guys, that this is some kind of worldwide phenomenon. Which would be absolutely tremendous. I would love yeah. that we get outside of Winden. But, um, you know, as, as to the moving energy cloud that, that Jonas comes upon at the uh, Winden plant, I, again, I am assuming it's something related to the God particle, but at at this point, I, I don't know. And, and it certainly, as you said, he seems to walk towards the radiation and clearly it's radioactive on itself. Now, he also brings up that picture that Elizabeth finds in the book and points out Noah and Fred asks about the other people. I don't really recognize anybody other than that guy. I I mentioned to you a few minutes ago on the end that looks like he belongs in 1888. I mean, 1921, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, men weren't rocking that look. Well, he's an older guy too. So he, you know, he could be a, you know, just a leftover from the Edwardian age there. I guess, I guess. Um, the uh, the deaf woman, you know, in, in 2053, I think we certainly know is is Elizabeth. And then Fred brings up what, what we talked a little bit about Jonas trying to destroy the gate, but he says he only closed it, which then implies that, well, then it can be opened again. So you know, Fred points out that Noah seems to be getting through, which obviously is there because he, you know, we see him in 1921 and we assume he's planning to take Bartosh to one of these other times. But I guess we also have to consider as Fred points out, maybe Noah has other ways to travel through time and how freaking cool would that be? Yeah. Yeah. True. So, true. Anyway. Um, all right. A- anything else you want to bring up about Fred's feedback? Um, I don't think so. Awesome stuff, Fred. I mean, the, the, the questions are great and appreciate the, uh, the time you put into both the audio aspect and, and the hard copy that you give to us, the, the photos that you post on the website. Um, I'll be curious to hear what you think about my feeling that, that that one guy in the opening scene at the cave in 21 looks like Bartosh. So uh, anyway... All right. Um, wow. I'm telling you, dark off to a great start. And, yeah. uh, um, y- you know, I mean, we, we've talked many times about uh, binging, not binging. And, uh, you know, for me, uh, you know, now that we've recorded, I'm going to absolutely go and, and watch episode two. But I don't know. I, I find I, you're, that- you're a much more disciplined person than me. I, like okay. I knew, like, after I watched this episode, like, ah, I can't stop there. I got it. I know. I, know. <laughs> I got to go. And then you, yeah, you watch episode two, and I'm like, ah, okay, I got I to gotta watch the next one. Yeah, so. so we'll also have to figure out something uh, on the Facebook group. And, I mean, I guess we can just require that heavy spoiler alerts are, are at the top, you know, for people that have seen it all and, and want to start talking about stuff. So, uh-huh. uh, you know, as long as you're mentioning that it's, 
spoiler filled, then, then, you know, that's cool. And, you know, I'll know to stay out of it. Anyway, we'll go ahead and leave it there. And that's going to do it for this episode of sci-fi TV rewatch. We want to thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about dark, uh, you know, leftovers from the magicians, anything else going on in genre TV, encourage you to join the Facebook group that we just mentioned, share your thoughts with the sci-fi TV rewatch community emails go to sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com voicemails can go via the speak pipe tab on the website which is sci-fi tv rewatch.podbean.com or you can just record your own the way fred does each week and send it as an attachment we'll be back next week to continue our discussion of dark with season two episode two titled dark matter but until then dave if you gaze long into an abyss The abyss also gazes into you.